Okay, and we are back again. It's, uh, how many episodes? I don't know. This is like episode 15, I think. Yeah. Yes. Fifth episode this season. Yeah. Um, back once more, and we have an episode. I think we just have to do, if we keep going with this podcast and if we do more seasons of it, uh, we're going to have to continue doing at least one sounds episode every season absolutely because there are just so many sounds. it's a nice thing to do on a podcast because you guys can actually hear it as well yeah. there and are there are so many sounds of the african bush which mean a lot to us and which are so Im- impressive and also kind of more seasonal sounds and mm, i think there are true. one or two seasonal sounds this week at least i've got yeah, one in mind yeah, true. um which people in south africa or southern africa so will start hearing uh, which announces the sort of the end of winter and the start of spring. Um, because it's not even spring. It just goes straight into summer, basically. Pretty much <laughs> straight into summer. But it's just cold to hot. Yeah, but September is the kind of spring yeah. month or the shoulder month where um, it, you know, it changes, seasons change. It starts to get a lot warmer. Uh, you have the first showers. Let's just let's launch right in then. Yeah, let's tell, launch. Tell let's me your story. Tell launch. me your sound. <laughs> let's launch right in. Um there is a yeah there's a bird which migrates from kind of central africa down to southern africa and it's a kingfisher Uh, it's called the woodland kingfisher and first off i'd like to mention that this kingfisher does not actually okay we're going to talk a little (laughs) bit more about birds now but first off i'd like to mention that this kingfisher does not eat fish so whoever named the first kingfisher then figured out oh there's a few other species of kingfishers and a lot of them actually don't eat fish the woodland kingfisher occurs in a woodland and feeds mostly on insects <laughs> anyway uh, it has a very very distinct sound as pretty much every uh. south african would be able to tell you pretty much anybody who's been to southern africa in the summer knows this sound and uh yeah without further ado here it is Yeah, it's a it's a sound which when you hear it for the first time is nice. Is really really nice and I love it because you know when the first woodland kingfisher arrives and back when uh, you know we were living in southern Africa and in South Africa the first one when it arrives which is normally I guess in October mm-hmm. at some point and maybe a little bit later than now uh, it just means yeah the the seasons have changed the, the migrants are coming it's not always the first of the migratory bird species that arrives but it is definitely the most uh, audible one i would say well and it's normally the most exciting because so many guiding teams have built this tradition around it where yeah you form basically like a betting pool you're yeah. not really betting on anything but everyone puts in let's say like a hundred bucks and then hundred dollars, hundred grand. So okay. ten, sorry, ten, ten dollars. <laughs> That's a lot to bet on. Give bird. or take. And then whoever first hears the woodland kingfisher, but you have to have proof. You can't just say like I heard it. You have to get a, a video of it or something. Yeah. Then they win the whole pot and they get all the all the money from all the other guides. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great little. It's a lot of fun. It's a great little thing. It makes to you do. not hate the bird as much as you do a week later when. Yeah. So so one of the reasons that they are so audible is that the birds when they get to southern africa they set up a new territory there for the season 
and they obviously want other indiv- they want other individuals in the area to know okay I'm a woodland kingfisher and uh, this is my this is my territory now this is my area that I live in now and either come and play or <laughs> or stay away <laughs> anyway yeah that's a <laughs> if you're a girl woodland kingfisher come and play otherwise a female yeah buzz off. yeah exactly um, yeah. but that's the woodland kingfisher it's an absolutely beautiful bird mm. it's a really really special call that means a lot to I think almost anybody who's been in the safari industry yeah and uh, yeah to be honest I can't wait to hear it again in person mm. soon enough it's kind of like um, I would equate it to the robin in the state right so they, they always say the robin's the first sign of spring um and that's that's kind of the the kingfisher of south africa and it's just really fun to see and it kind of instills that like oh see the seasons are changing now Absol- feeling in you absolutely uh Definitely. What have you got on your list of calls or of noises or of sounds? So I have two sounds of similar animals. Um, one is of white rhino. So a lot of people... Very interesting one, actually. Yeah, and a lot of people don't... A, don't know that rhinos typically don't make noise. And B, then don't know what noise a rhino would make if it did make a noise. So white rhino are actually quite vocal um but they have the sweetest <laughs> communications um and we'll we'll play you a clip of it here So it's pretty cute and it's a it's a really bizarre sound because it doesn't really fit you know it's this high-pitched kind of squeaks it's a language of squeaks that they use to communicate but they're these enormous animals that you know it just doesn't really match up um we were we were lucky enough to work in a couple of areas mm-hmm. where well i'm thinking of one area yeah. specifically where we encountered white rhino uh, very almost every day very regularly we also would encounter them where they would interact with mm. one another. And I think we mentioned this. Did we talk about this in the episode about the various documentaries that you should watch? But there is a, so. um, a documentary called Africa. It's in Africa, isn't it? Oh, I didn't or, what you're about. No, sorry. It's in... Um, or it's Planet called, Earth. No, it's called At Night, I think. Or it's called Africa at Night. Yeah. Um, and it is all footage of Africa. <laughs> you guessed it at night uh and it it documents um actually black rhino which i'm going to talk about in a second but it it documents them interacting at a waterhole at night and that they were previously thought to be quite solitary individuals but now they have this footage of them coming together at waterholes at night and just like rubbing noses and squeaking and it's just the darn cutest thing (laughs) you've ever seen yeah Um, well we were lucky enough to see uh white rhino interacting quite a bit and um Mm. and so we got familiar with that sound but at the same time it was always still very special and and eerie and strange to hear because like you say you wouldn't expect that coming out of this enormous animal i actually remember the first time i ever heard it i it was when i was on my guide training course and my instructor mussy uh his girlfriend at the time was doing rhino research and um 
we heard this noise and he was like, listen, they're vocalizing. And I genuinely, I thought he was lying. <laughs> I was like, they're not making that noise. And he was like, that, they are. And that's how they vocalize. And yeah. I, I, I firmly, I like kept looking at him like, are you messing with me? Yeah. Because it just, it doesn't match. At, at first instinct, it doesn't match. As you get to know rhinos and learn how incredibly gentle they are and, and kind of the tender relationships that they have, females and calves and, and just they're such special animals and yeah yeah absolutely calls so i love that i love that noise it's always a bit of a treat to hear because you don't actually hear it all that often um what was the you wanted to also talk about black rhino so my second one is black rhino um and they have uh they also make those little squeaks as that we were just saying um but the the sound that i want to talk about and that really um <laughs> raises the skin or the hair on your skin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is uh the noise that a black rhino makes when it's chewing so a black rhino is a uh, browser so it feeds predominantly on um, like bushes and sticks as opposed to grasses on the ground yeah leaves and twigs yeah uh, yeah. yeah so it ha it, it its head is higher and it has a hooked lip um so it can kind of grab Pluck. branches a little bit and grab leaves um when it's feeding yeah yeah and I actually don't know why, perhaps you know why, but when it chews, it makes this noise. So it's a pretty bizarre noise. And we have this kind of, the way that it was taught to me, and I think it was the same it was taught to you, is that it sounds like Pac-Man eating. <laughs> So it's like the noise of the Pac-Man game uh, when it's eating. Uh, and that's that really is what it sounds like. It's totally bizarre. Um, What's really interesting as well, it kind of ties into this. It's not really to do with sounds, but um, if you ever find the dung, you know, if you're ever oh, out yeah. on a walk and you find the dung <laughs> of a black rhino, uh, you'll immediately know what it is because uh, they, they chew and their teeth have a structure that causes the branches and the twigs to be split at exactly 45 degrees. And they're these yeah. like perfectly symmetrical little twigs that you find in the dung because a lot of it goes straight through um, black rhinos and, and other rhinos have a very weak digestive system. So a lot of stuff goes straight through. And I guess the sound probably happens because they like always they always file or yeah. they always chew and it gets kind of sheathed or yeah. snipped at exactly the same angle. Filed, yeah. Filed, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that is always, it's kind of a funny noise, but you're also taught it and you learn it so specifically because it's such an important noise to know if you're doing any walking in the bush. Right, so we were, as we said, we were working in an area with a lot of rhino, and if you ever hear that noise in the bush, you know that you are within decent proximity of a black rhino, and that you want to move away. If you can hear it, you're probably closer than you want to be to it. Um, Definitely, and and you know, black rhino occur in in areas of very dense yeah. vegetation, yeah. largely. Uh, and if yeah, if you can hear it, but you and can't not see it, you, you can't see it. Rather move away from that yeah. sound than towards it. So I actually have a story about this, which I'll keep nice and short. But I was on my first, the first trail that I was ever backing up. I was with Gerard. He was leading the walk, mm. and I was. We were walking with a Dutch family, and. Um, 
remember on Marula Drive, there were those four white white rhino, and there was one black rhino juvenile. Oh, the youngster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this black rhino. We don't really know what had happened, but bizarrely, it was on the younger. It was on the younger side to be by itself. So maybe something had happened to its mom, or, or we're not really sure. But it had basically. Uh, adopted itself to this group of white rhino. Yeah, I often saw it but completely yeah. by itself. But as you well. would also often see it feeding or grazing nearby these rhino, um, which just kind of shows that they really are social animals and they do like the company yeah. of other rhinos, especially if it's a juvenile like that. Um, so we were walking in that area and we saw uh, we were viewing the white rhinos, and all of a sudden we heard that noise. And I looked, like, immediately I heard it, and I looked to our, my lead guide, my lead rifle, with, like, my eyes bugged open, and he <laughs> looked at me, and he goes, black. And I was like, uh-huh, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Um, so then we, we moved out of the area. He stayed where he was. I took the guests out, uh, and then he followed us back out. Um, but it just, it's such an incredible noise and it's its so specific and kind of fun and funny and um, yeah, it's a great noise. So that's one of my favorite sounds of the bush. Yeah. Do you have another one? Yeah, I do. Um, I think we talked about this one once before. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, not specifically in a sounds episode, but in a, I think it was the one where we were talking about walking safaris. Anyway, this is a, the other big cat. I talked about lions roaring on the, on the last sounds episode. Now I'll talk about a leopard roaring because leopards also roar. And uh, what makes the large family of cats, the panther family, unique is that they, they have the ability to roar. And is that a roar? Do you call it a leopard roar? Yeah, I, it I is. I call it a, a call. My, most people would say it's a call or a yeah, vocalization. But, but it's, physically it is a roar? Physically it's a roar, <laughs> exactly. And it's... Learn uh, something new every day. <laughs> it's this rasping sound and here it is. So, so yeah, a, a, a most guides or most people would say to you that it resembles uh, somebody sawing an uh, with a with an old or rusty saw uh, sawing a piece of wood, like a saw blade. Yeah, thing. or even trying to start if it's quicker uh, called than that, it's trying to start an old motorbike engine. Um, I, I personally, yeah, I think the, that both of those things match. It's certainly very, very loud. It's not quite as loud as a lion roaring, but it's something that can be heard over uh, several kilometers. Uh, and, you know, the, given the nature of a leopard being such an elusive cat, when you hear it, it's quite special because, yeah. you know, you just know that you're in the presence or you're somewhere not too far away from you is a leopard that you're probably not gonna see that you're probably not gonna see yeah that's a good point um but they're they're solitary both males and females call uh you know a male would probably have a slightly louder call but both male and female leopards are solitary and they have their own territories and they would actively mark their territories they'd actively by call calling. yeah by, by yeah either by you know scent marking or by calling uh, or by uh, various oh. other reason uh, ways, and um, and I just find it's it's so nice to to hear that sound and know that you're close to this really mysterious animal. Absolutely, I was just thinking now. Also, when you said the other big cats, next on the next episode, 
of what's that sound, we'll we'll talk about the Cheeto vocalizations because that is also a strange noise. Totally different. Totally different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I think just we have time for maybe just one more um, very strange this one sound. This a real mind blower. One of my favorite animals, well, not animals, birds. What? Yeah. Remember how excited I used to get to see this animal? Remember when we were on the vehicle together when we first met and... I'd get super excited to see these guys at Marataba. Yeah, but didn't they all die? Th that's besides the point. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the fact that there I... were like fourteen introduced, right? And then within like two weeks, there were two. Yeah. Anyway, what what is the one that you want to talk about? <laughs> so strange. So ostrich. Okay, not the brightest bird. Very easy prey. Um, we had where we were working. At, how many? Do you remember the numbers of? Yeah, they introduced, like you said, something like 14 of them or 12 of them, and they pretty much all got killed by lions or cheetah or brown hyena. Well, yeah. Not brown hyena, I think, yeah. But um, they said they said that it was because the ostrich had been relocated from an area where they didn't have lions. I say total nonsense. Like, a bur a any prey knows a predator. Yeah. Like, you see a lion coming towards you, that ostrich knows instinctually it's supposed to run away. Uh, but anyways, they, they knew, were... They knew how to run away from us in the vehicles. Yeah, so right. No, why, they, I yeah. don't know. Anyways, most of them died. Bit of a pity. But um, cool bird, kind of, anyways. Um, and they have the most bizarre call. So one of the... Um, you do bird calls during your training, um, which we know Jomi has done and internalized. If you haven't heard Jomi's bird calls... Go listen to the birding podcast from season one. I believe it is episode eight or nine. Um, and this is one of the easiest ones to learn. And here is why. Take a listen. So if... Yes. Yeah, I think it's funny because... <laughs> That call you would often hear and you'd think, oh, that's a lion calling it somewhere close so by. It sounds so much like a distant lion. Yeah, it's this long, almost like a roar. It's a booming sound that travels over okay. uh, far distances. Sorry, just so you can picture this, we're going to play. This is the sound. This is the, in case you don't remember, this is the sound of a lion calling. Yeah. <laughs> So you can see the similarities there. Um, yeah. And especially if either one of them, is, or if an ostrich is kind of further away, um, it is pretty easy to mix them up, especially if you've just like moved into an area where there are ostrich, where you were previously working in an area without. It's it's a really <laughs> embarrassing mistake to make, but one that definitely does happen that you hear an ostrich and you're like, lion, lion, lion. Yeah, they, but the ostriches also tend to call in the early hours yeah. of morning or the late hours of evening. So similar to lion um, sound, you know, like we said previously travels further at this time. And uh, yeah, I just, I love that call. I think it's just so, so unique, funny. this three syllable call. And uh, yeah, I just, I really enjoy watching ostriches and us like no, i just enjoy cool them because they are it's just pure like evolution <laughs> it's like what we said about the warthog uh, there's not yeah. a, a lot of conscious thought that goes into their day it's just completely instinct driven they and are so um, strange yeah very very strange animals how have they gotten to be that big i just and 
Like watching them mate With, is so confusing, and watching their like mating display is beautiful but odd. And when they're poo, when they poo, their their <laughs> anus turns inside <laughs> out. <laughs> what? It's really funny. It's really strange to see it, but when they defecate, they their anus goes almost inside out, and it's very very unique to see that. Yeah, they're very bizarre birds, but um, they are cool. And they have a very cool call, so... Yeah, okay. Well, I think we'll leave it at that. A yeah. nice and short episode. Just a few snippets of some of the sounds of the bush that we really enjoy. And, uh, yeah, we hope that you join us again next week.